0: Life and Shit, the podcast, where we discuss anything and everything. My intention with this podcast is simple, to create authentic, raw, real, relatable, all-encompassing conversations about life that offer unique perspectives around what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve these things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. we are rolling. So welcome. Thank you for, for joining me for a conversation, Samson. It's an honor. Thanks, Riley. So happy to have you here. Um, I wanted to I wanted to create an episode about Himalayan Kriya Yoga because it's been such a powerful part of my, my journey this year. And who better to have a conversation or a discussion about it with than the person who introduced me to it? So... Samton um, was who introduced me to Himalayan Kriya Yoga in Bali. I did her class, and then immediately she became my teacher and kind of my mentor in in along my own Kriya journey. So I'm so happy to see you and and have this conversation with you. Yes, and
1: thanks, Riley, for having me and um, giving me an opportunity to share uh, about Kriya to
0: yeah. others. <laughs> There's always so many questions. People are really curious, especially in my community, about what Korea is and how it works and where it comes from and why have we never heard about it? And it's all brand new. So I thought it was a really cool opportunity to get together and hear it straight from the source. So as I was getting ready for this episode, I was also really curious about, I've heard bits and pieces about your journey, but I wanted to hear a bit about your story and how you came to find Korea and and what that was like for you
1: yeah so a little bit of a background um you know i I started my spiritual journey when i was a little kid and my neighbor was a buddhist nun and she introduced me to tibetan buddhist tantra and so i used to come over to her house every Sunday and meditate and i think um, that was my my um how do you say introduction to this uh this world which is a little bit different than the way other people see the world. So it's about energy, it's about karma, it's about how your mind can influence the self in such a deep way. And so I started really meditating a lot, and that impacted the way I grew up. Eventually, I found Hatha Yoga and combined my, my deep knowledge of meditation with Hatha Yoga and became very successful as a Hatha Yoga teacher because of my meditation background, eventually I found myself training yoga teachers and that led me to move to Dubai where Mm -hmm. I started my company Yoga First Middle East and I was training Hatha yoga teachers throughout most of the Middle Eastern countries. Mm -hmm. And so I had a really good gig going over there uh, and I was in a yoga festival one day when I was doing a meditation in the meditation tent and my, my students went to the wrong meditation. They went to the one before me, and it was Guruji Pradeep's meditation. And he blew them out of their minds. They had no idea that he did Kriya. They had no idea what just hit them, and they told me about it. They're like, oh my God, we accidentally went to the wrong meditation, but it was not the wrong meditation, and you need to meet this guy. So basically because of my students who arranged the meeting, um, I got to know Guruji and uh, they had a private session in their house. They they did a workshop in their house and I came and from the first moment that I did Kriya, I realized how powerful it was because of all my years of Buddhist meditation and going to mystic spaces and, and um, You know, all the Hatha yoga teachers I trained with, nothing felt like this. And I knew it was special. And so I started following Guruji. I I became a student. um, And many years later, I went to India with him many, many times. I had a lot of magical, mystical things that it's even hard to tell people about. Um, But at the end of the day, one day in 2017, he said, now you should start considering training people in kriya and i first of all there are two things running through my head the first thing was that kriya is a secret practice up until that time you chose your students well because not everyone could handle the intensity
2: mm-hmm.
1: but see guruji came up with a system that i helped him develop through my training levels to to get someone from a 3D level of awareness, meaning just just stuck in a hamster wheel job and you know, thinking there's something out there but not knowing where to look and being all blocked up because of toxic food and, and environments and creating in them the energetic space to be able to have a really profound spiritual experience. And he wanted me in twenty seventeen to share this with people. And i said no and the reason why i said no is because i felt i'm a hatha yoga teacher this is way bigger than the you know my capabilities so it even gave me a little bit of nervousness to think that i could actually train people in this it was so deep Mm. and so i said no to him but he gave me his manuscript anyway which was which was half written he's like here just hang on to this and one day just let me know and so 2020, three years later, I'm I'm uh, in lockdown in May 2020, like the rest of the world. And maybe some of you went into the same experience of questioning, why am I here? What is the meaning of this? What to do now? And the answer was kriya. The answer was, now that you have no choice and the world needs it, you have to say yes. And so I did. And I told him, I said, Guruji, I'm going to do it. I'm going to train Kriya Yoga teachers like you want because I feel this is the time I've received the message that now the world is ready and what do you think about that? And he said, you are absolutely right about that, Babaji, uh, who is the, the, basically the founder of Kriya.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and he's a semi-mythical figure. And so Guruji said, Babaji is guiding us. You will have everything you need. Everything you need will come to you because the world needs this, and the world is ready. So, since that day, I, I um, made it the rest of my life mission to actually share kriya with the world.
0: Wow, that's really interesting to hear. I've wondered how it became such a big piece, kind of the the main piece of like what you're what you're doing and what you're sharing right now, and it's really amazing to hear would you consider that feeling that you had in 2017 versus 2020 like was that imposter syndrome that you had when it came to stepping into that
1: good question um yes that's that's absolutely right i felt like who am i who am i to do this work mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but maybe also it just shows how the career process can really open you up into the truth about who you are so maybe i i didn't know enough about me to know how how suited i was to this this kind of role yeah and then 3 years later of of having this awakening moment where i realized this is why i'm here
0: yeah that's beautiful and a lot of the clients that i work with struggle with it like imposter sy- syndrome i think is something that we all deal with in different in different forms and in different moments of our life and it's amazing to me to you know have been taught by you and you're just this absolute wealth of knowledge and you just it feels like it was made for you to know that you had that at the beginning of that journey as well is really powerful
1: yeah i believe trusting in yourself and trusting in your inner feelings is really important to be able to break break through it mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much what I had to do. I had to trust myself and um embrace who I who I am, basically.
0: Yeah. Oh that's so cool. Can you tell me a little bit more about the transition from Himalayan Korea yoga being a secret to being not a secret anymore?
1: Yeah. So Kriya is super powerful. In fact, there's a book like if you're interested in Kriya, you need to read this book. It's called Autobiography of a Yogi. It's quite famous um, by Paramhansa Yogananda. And in the book, he he mentions how Kriya Yoga is the fastest way to burn your karma and to liberate yourself from suffering. It's Mm -hmm. like the fastest way, but it's like owning a Ferrari. Not everyone is okay with owning a Ferrari. Mm. because it goes so fast and there is a lot of fear when you go really fast there's this this fear that you need to conquer and when you and and relating korea with a ferrari not everyone is ready to see themselves and usually it's not really you that you're seeing but all the false stories you told yourself about you without even knowing it and without even looking there. A lot of people are, you know, they're trying their best to be fine. And the only way they know is to paint over all of the fear and all of the hurt that they have in their body and pretend it's not there. And one day a practice comes and gives you this like, um HD mirror of you and you're like holy shit I'm sorry am I allowed to say that?
0: Yeah the podcast anyway. is called Life and Shit so
1: <laughs> okay that's great okay what a relief Yeah. okay so you know a, a, a practice comes that makes you really take a good hard look at everything that you've bottled up and it and not everyone is not everyone is brave enough compassionate enough or 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 honest enough to be able to actually say, yeah, I, I want to see everything that I've bypassed.
2: Yeah. And
1: I'm, I'm ready now to see what I can handle, and I'm ready to deal with it. So because of that, the guru would choose their, their disciples. Part of the guru powers is to be able to see the energy body of someone. And there's a lot of clairvoyancy that happens in, in Korea when you when you get into the really high levels, you see reality not in the same way you did before. So that we can see where people are blocked and we can see if they have the potential to flow. And in the old days, it was the guru that would look at you and you, whether or not you are suitable for the practice. And if you weren't, they would say, you know, make you, you know, do something to, to work your way there and you'd have to prove that you were, you were suitable to be able to do this. And if you weren't, then better luck next time. And if you were, he could see immediately and say, yeah, you, you, your, your channels are ready, let's do this. Mm. Um, now, because we live in the modern urban blocked up world, And Guruji is part of this world. He wasn't some guy sitting in a cave. Um, And his story is interesting too. Uh, Maybe we can tell it some other time, but he realized that people need to be prepared before they can access the really deep uh, experiences that Kriya can offer. And that a process was needed to get people who are willing, to step out of their comfort zone to have a tool to clear themselves up okay and this is really empowering because in Korea we don't clean people up they clean themselves up we give them the tools and they have to do it which is me which means basically that it will work in a very permanent way because if you lie there and, and and just make someone fix you, See, you've not been given the opportunity and the tools to drop the drama that you're holding.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't
1: work on yourself, it's, it's not permanent. Because only you can fix you at the end of the day. We are guides. Yeah. We, we give people the tools, but they need to work on themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can't rely on you to fix them, because that that's like passing the buck when when you should actually be accepting responsibility for your life.
2: I see. Yeah.
0: And this is the only
1: way. This is the only permanent solution to uh,
0: to healing. Yeah, that's amazing. When you said that yeah. in our training, that blew my mind because I also have studied Reiki and have a certification in that. So. The way that you describe that and let me know if I'm misunderstanding this, but when someone receives Reiki, for example, as one modality of energy healing, right? It's kinda of like a it might give you benefits, it's gonna heal your energy, but it's not gonna it's not gonna stick, it's not gonna last in the same way as if you have the tools to to clear that yourself, right? Is that correct? Cool? Yeah,
1: Reiki is a very powerful way to remind people of the truth about them. Hmm yes it's very powerful reminder so not not to belittle modalities where you receive something Mm -hmm. and i also believe that receiving something is important but now that you have that reminder how to sustain it how to maintain it Mm -hmm. and this is where now you need to work on yourself now that you've been given this opportunity to see how life is when you feel better now how can you shift yourself how can you work on yourself to to be able to sustain that feeling
0: yeah i love that this is getting me so excited all over again about about <laughs> all of this like reigniting the it was always it didn't go out but it's it's growing that fire within me because it just makes so much sense to me and i that was the thing that about you and about this practice it's kind of interesting that it found you almost by mistake. And I just showed up at the yoga studio that first day and was like, I've (laughs) I've had a long day and like, this is just the only class on the schedule. So I'm just here and I don't know what it is, but like, let's do it. And like, as soon as you started speaking, I was like, this is like meant for me. Like, this is what I teach. This is what is like, feels so important in my soul is freeing yourself from like all of the societal stuff. You started talking about getting into the, subconscious and clearing out conditioning. And I was like, is this real? This can't be real. This is too good to be true. Like, what is this? I need this in my life. Like, that's exactly how I felt. Like, as we were going through that first practice, I was like, I need this. Like, I need access to this all the time, like every day. So and then I just happened to hear you talking about a teacher training at the end of class. And I was like, Okay, well, this, none of this was a coincidence. So I have to find a way to make this happen. And it's so it's so powerful. And when you were talking about this in the teacher training, you also mentioned because you're taking initiative and you're doing that for yourself, and it's an active change that you're creating in your in yourself, you talk about burning your karma and the karmic consequences. How do you help people understand that? I think karma has such yeah. a different like connotation when you, in just, you know, society, people think- Yeah, oh, I mean, there's, there's a different. lot of
1: urban legends about karma and the biggest one, is that it's a system of punishment and reward. This is this is not it. So let's let's look at it from a like a physics point of view. Okay. You have an object. You apply a force to it. There is a consequence to that force. Mm-hmm. The object will move which direction it will move depends on the angle of the force. So you have cause effect. Mm-hmm. This is karma. Karma is basically the effect of our actions. The action is the cause. The effect is what? The effect is life mirroring back to you the energy that you put into the action. So for example, if you do an action with a hurtful energy, later on, and it doesn't have to be immediately, but sometimes these things accumulate, then that hurtful energy is gonna come back at you. So if you do an action with a gratitude energy, then that gratitude energy is going to come back to you. So it's basically what kind of energy are you loading your actions with? Because that's going to come back to you.
0: Yeah. It it sounds a bit like it's related to or similar to the law of attraction when you describe it that way, right? Like whatever energy you're in is going to be the energy that you receive
1: yes exactly um... it is like the law of attraction one one amazing person that that wrote a book about it is dr joe Dispenza, and he talks about how you don't attract what you want you attract who you are mm-hmm. and, and so The law of karma is about the physical universe being a mirror of you. And so through your actions and the consequence that is uh, mirrored back, you're able to fine tune the kind of energy you're holding inside of you. So if the energy you're holding inside of you is more you, then you're going to get back a fortunate or almost lucky um, consequence. But if you choose to hold energy that is not you, then a distorted consequence is gonna come back because that action is now distorted. It's you're not being yourself in that action. And this is for us to realize. So if you work with karma, it's not about punishment and reward. I'm gonna do this only because I want something but no, I do this because it's who I am and my actions have shown me who I am. Mm. And the more I act, the more I know who I am and the more I can uh, be in integrity to myself. This is this is karma. So when we talk about Kriya burning karma, Kriya removes the distortions from you, um, from your field about who you are. So... For example, I am not worthy of love. For example, that's a distortion. Anyone that thinks it's not they're not worthy of love is suffering from that distortion and is projecting that kind of energy every time they want to connect with someone. And because of that, their experience gives them back the same distortion. And so they're having difficulty finding a partner or finding some kind of happiness in an intimate relationship. And that is mirroring the energy that they're holding. So what does Kriya do? It helps you to see the distortion and to have a tool to remove it. And that will change your karma simply because now I'm not holding that energy anymore and it doesn't have to come back to me anymore because my actions are holding a different energy.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful explanation. So hopefully that
1: I don't. I hope that that makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, um, and I think like the people who are listening and who have done work with me or who are my clients, we do all of this work around limiting beliefs, and from there it becomes so obvious how Korea can be the most powerful tool that you can use to help to actually integrate the work that we're doing, because I'm finding that, you know, my clients are so intellectual and intelligent and high functioning, and they can understand all of the concepts, but that doesn't mean that we're embodying them. That doesn't mean that like the cellular change is happening and that the actual behavior change is springing from the knowledge that we accumulate. I feel like there's a lot of people in the world who have read all the books, they understand all the concepts, but nothing's shifting in their reality.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful to know, but can you, can you have a feeling that, that coincides with the knowing? And the issue is in the tissues, basically. Mm. So because the subconscious and the thinking mind speak different languages. So your, your thinking mind needs a tool. And it's great to know because it gives you a lot of mental peace. But how to translate that knowing into a language that your subconscious can understand? And and that's that's what kriya does. It translates the knowing into the language of the subconscious, which is feelings. And how you feel in different parts of your body is again like an, a reflection and indication of how your subconscious uh, feels about the world. And that's why we say in kriya the issue is in the tissues because. If you are able to connect with a sensory feeling in a part of your body, and have a tool to fine tune how you feel there, and how to how to decide, because it's a decision that you need to make, so the thinking mind is involved because the thinking mind needs to know, is aware of, and is consciously deciding, but that the thinking mind needs to be able to speak to the subconscious mind and the way we do it in kriya is through a sensory feeling and of course breathing so through a combination of breath work and bilateral stimulation and all different kinds of you know we do some stuff for the energy body that maybe not everyone is okay to hear but we can talk about it later um through this combination we're speaking the language of the subconscious so that you can release your limiting beliefs from your body Mm -hmm. and so now not only do you know it but you can also feel it and this is super important
0: that was really well explained i've never heard that before i'm thinking about the fact that the conscious and the subconscious speak different languages the way that you said that is just like create such clarity it's it's so so powerful so thank you for that and I think that was kind of a good segue into helping people understand what Kriya actually is. So, yeah, there's tapping, there's breath work, but how do you describe Himalayan Kriya yoga to someone who knows nothing about it?
1: Okay. Um, so, in Bali, I would explain it differently, okay? Because people come here and they know about the chakras, and they they're they're on a vegan; they're all vegan, and you know they're they're eating clean, and they're they probably tried meditation. So, if so, I will explain it in that that hippie tree hugger way. Um, I would say that that kriya is energy yoga. Yeah, and we clear the chakras so that prana or the vital force of the universe can flow through you Um, and that gives you more clarity in your mind gives you more sanity and you're you're happier and healthier Um, and relating that to chinese medicine in how any acupuncturist will tell you or any chinese medicine practitioner any ayurveda practitioner for those of you that know what ayurveda is will tell you that when your energy channels are blocked that gives you a symptom in your mind or in your health or in your emotional state mm-hmm. that will indicate to you that my energy channel is blocked. And when I clear the blockage, my mind will change. My health will change the way I emotionally relate to myself and the world will change. So that's one way of explaining kriya. Um, now whether you believe in the energy body or not it's still going to work because kriya is not hypnosis yeah it's it's a science and yes we use the meridian lines and the acupressure points yes we 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 do use those but even if you don't believe in the energy body if you can think about it from a perspective of the nervous system and say that kriya the, the foremost thing that Kriya does is it's a set of tools that cleans up your nervous system. Most people are in fight or flight. And in fact, 80%, and this is scientifically proven, 80% of chronic diseases are stress related. Mm. So if if 80% of chronic diseases are stress related and most people nowadays are in a stressful condition and we call this an overload of the sympathetic nervous system they're in fight or flight constantly
2: yeah.
1: and it hasn't they have not been able to switch off and therefore their sanity their emotions and their their physical health is is taking a toll now priya shifts you from sympathetic to parasympathetic and balances the way signals flow in your brain. That's why we do a lot of weird things with our head. Mm -hmm. Okay? And when you balance the signals of your brain, that allows you to get into the parts of your brain that don't think. First of all, it clears the parts that think, and then you can get into the subconscious, the midbrain and the spinal cord. And when you're able to get into the subconscious, now you can sort the issue in your tissues. Okay, and and so, so if we're holding memory in our body, not just in our mind, we have feelings, yeah? We hold feelings in our body. So when, for example, you break up with someone, your heart actually physically hurts. Yeah. Why does your heart physically hurt when you break up with someone? Because sadness, is the issue in the heart tissue Mm. and all throughout your body you've got all of these different emotions uh that are in little receptacles in your tissues and if you clean them out you'll literally not only feel better you'll actually even look different your your sanity will be much much better and even the way your 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 grip on your emotions or your 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 processing of life becomes better as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and And that's how I would explain it to someone that that uh, doesn't believe in the energy body. I would say, just you know fine-tuning the brain and the nervous system, to release stress and the impact of stress. yeah to release trauma and the impact of trauma from your body through tapping, breathwork, mantras, mudras meditation and that's that's you know that show what what kriya yoga is
0: yeah thanks for that it's so good and so interesting that you have answers for for both that's something that i think is really powerful to understand is that there's different audiences and there's people who are well acquainted and you can use literally entire entirely different words to to describe the experience versus someone who's brand new doesn't know what a chakra is and doesn't understand the energy body and doesn't know what we're talking about, you kind of need to cater to both. So that was really really good to hear and really valuable to, to understand it from both perspectives.
1: Yeah, um, because Korea isn't uh, an exclusive country club. It's like <laughs> anyone that's willing to drop the drama in their life can do it. And you don't even need to know what's happening. You will feel it for sure. Usually when I teach a class, I don't tell you what's happening. Yeah. I don't tell you what's happening unless you ask me. Oh, I felt this, this, and that. What is it? You know, we were breathing into the earth, and all of a sudden, I felt my mom. Mm. You know what? What? So, so I will, I will only answer the question. But see, the thing is, if I told you what was happening, that would be again hypnosis. Right. And and that's that's not what we're doing. It's it's for you to know because it's your body, it's your mind, it's your journey, it's your experience. And I am not in the way of that. I am just here to tell you that you can walk in this direction if you want. Yeah. And 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 whatever your experience is, I'm like a roadmap, you know. Whatever experience is, is your experience, and that has value. Whether I felt nothing or I felt my my chakras or I I, I felt something that happened to me when I was eight, that's all of that is valuable, because all of that
0: is your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I love that it's available to everyone and I love that it can work on you whether you feel it or whether you believe it. I think you guys even told us during the training that even if someone who were unable to participate in the practice were in a room full of people practicing, they would get the benefits from that. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes. The, the beauty about Kriya is how we understand how the human body works and how the heart actually connects people. So if you are able to facilitate a room full of people to connect with each other and they start doing stuff together, there's an energy generated that even if someone couldn't move and you put them in the center of the room, their body would actually reap the benefits of the actions of other people. And and the the power of community mm-hmm. is something that's held in high regard and is super precious in Korea. Because even for you, let's say, you know, none of my family are yoga people. Like I don't I come from a I come from a non-yoga family. <laughs> and even when I was meditating with my neighbor, all my aunties were like, if you keep hanging out with that Buddhist nun. You're gonna get possessed by Satan. It was really like that, okay? Oh my God. So I'm, I'm the only one like this in my family. But as soon as I started doing Korea, I don't even have to say anything to my, my parents, my brothers and sisters. I feel them shifting. Mm-hmm. When I have a big shift, they have a shift too. And that's because of the love that I have for them in, in my heart. Yeah. And I don't even have to do it for them. I'm not doing do kriya for them and do it for me. But when I shift, everyone I love seems to shift too. Mm-hmm. And and it's not only me. It's, it's, it's everyone I think that does kriya has at some point. Um, like to give you an example, I had a student and she has had like a very rough relationship with her dad. And went through a lot of physical abuse growing up and a lot of judgment growing up until the day where she actually walked out of her her, her father's life to just try and um, find peace within herself. And then she started doing Kriya and we did a lot of work with her inner child. We did a lot of work with her heart. And then one day after an in very, very intense, she did like a whole month of private sessions with me. And then she went to Vietnam to try and get some kind of like like uh, me time, her dad called her. Her dad called her and instead of criticizing her, was telling her how much he actually loved her. Mm. And she never heard that in her life. And then all of a sudden, like I think he gave her some apartment blocks to manage and and all of a sudden her, her finances were okay and she had a good relationship with dad. Without even doing anything with him, just by shifting how she felt inside.
0: Healing and this yourself. is,
1: you know, that the issues that are in your tissues are way deeper than you realize.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. That's so yeah. cool. Um, and, yeah. I think one of the main questions that I had when I first discovered you and discovered Kriya Yoga, the only. Similar thing I had ever experienced was kundalini yoga and we talked a lot about the kundalini energy in our, in our yoga teacher training so if, if there's anyone listening who might be I find that that's the only exposure that a lot of people have had to to anything similar to this so yeah how do you describe the difference between a kundalini yoga class and a himalayan korea yoga class
1: yeah yeah so I I believe that so I, I believe Kriya is a little bit more balanced with yin and yang because we don't see, we don't believe in willfully activating Kundalini energy. Mm. Whereas Kundalini yoga is created, done, practiced to to um, activate Kundalini. But Kriya, we, we just believe that if you like your energy channels are like streets. And and kundalini energy is like the car of the president, right? The president is not going to drive down your street if it's dirty. Yeah. And so we invite the president to drive up our street by making it the cleanest, most beautiful, widely paved and safe street ever in, in, in the whole city. And this is what Kriya does. Kriya is cleansing. Kriya cleans up your energy channels, makes them wider, makes them stronger. Will Kundalini come up through you? I don't know. Am I the one to decide that? No. Are mm-hmm. you the one to decide that? No. Who decides that? We don't. It just <laughs> happens when you're ready. Right. No one decides because it's not a decision you can make. It's part grace. It's part the work that you've done. It's part, are my chan- are my channels ready? because if the channels aren't ready there's also some negative um implications to uh awakening kundalini in someone that's not ready so as a rule we don't yeah although some of us have the ability to awaken kundalini like i get a message unless i receive that message i'm not doing it that's how i was trained yeah unless i get the message that this body is ready. These channels are ready. It's just not going to happen.
0: Right. Okay. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. And I, I actually love that because it's like there's lessened expectation. I, I really like that concept of just creating a, a fertile environment for that and, and allowing it if it's meant to happen for you in that moment as, appo- as opposed to going into Yeah, because the
1: fertile, like, thank you, the fertile environment the fertile environment is more important than whether you get the kundalini rising or not, mm-hmm. because the the fertile environment is making you happy, healthy, and sane.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether you have a kundalini rising or not,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and it's important for us to understand that spirituality is not achievement driven. And see, see, a lot of us—that's a programming. That's that's a limiting belief. Yeah. You know, and unless, you know, unless I achieve this, 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 then that, I'm not doing it right. And, oh, I'm I'm not liberating in this lifetime. Holy shit, I'm a loser. No, you're not. You're you. And that is valuable already, whether you do anything like this or not. And and I think just having people arrive at the space that they're happy, being who they are, is, is so much more than, than, achievement of kundalini
0: mm-hmm. that's such a good reminder because it it does i think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into is wanting to be the most enlightened and needing all of these like you know different milestones and a million ayahuasca ceremonies and all the all the things instead of again it's that same idea yeah, of reading all the books but not embodying it right
1: yeah there's a saying i think it's a buddhist saying after and before enlightenment wood after enlightenment chop wood. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's it's not like you're gonna get some super yogi membership t shirt or anything <laughs> like that. Not, none of. You just go back to to being you and living your life. But but of course the realization of what life actually is is different. But you you still have a role, you still have personality, you still have a situation, you still have karmic relationships with others. That that will still be. That's not going to go away.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. What For someone who's listening, who's going, okay, what is kundalini rising? What does that mean? How do you explain that?
1: Okay, so there are many different energy channels in the human body. And different kinds of energy can flow through you. For example, the energy of love, Mm -hmm. the energy of anger, for example, so I'm I'm putting it in a way that you will understand. There are many different kinds of energies found in nature, mm-hmm. the energy of a tidal wave, the energy of a kitten. Yes, yeah? so I'm I'm helping you to understand yeah. that there's different kinds of energies that you can flow through your body. Now, there is an energy called Kundalini, and it is actually the creative energy of the universe. So, what is Kundalini? It makes a flower a flower, it makes a bird a bird, it makes you you. When does it come into play? When mom and dad get together and create that single cell that will eventually grow to be you, there is an energy that comes to, comes into this cell that grows the cell from a single cell zygote to a trillion cell human baby. Not the whale, not the dog, and this is called Kundalini mm. so Kundalini is the the creative energy of the universe, creation itself, the energy of creation itself. Now, everyone has Kundalini energy because everyone grows from a single cell zygote, the egg and sperm coming together into a baby and And when you're this baby already and you're a full term in mom, um the Kundalini energy it's like the The car of the president parks in your tailbone. It's like it's done its job. I created the baby. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Okay, The baby is made. We did our job. Let's just park the car here. Now, yogis and other spiritual traditions have been able to find ways to hack this energy to rewrite yourself as an adult. Mm. And this is kundalini energy because when, when Kundalini comes up through your spine, you can literally rewrite yourself. I used to be broke, now I'm not broke. I used to have diabetes, now I don't have diabetes and it seems miraculous simply because we're using, not using, but basically are inviting. We don't use the word using in Korea. We're inviting the creative force of the universe to flow through us. We are not in charge when this happens; it happens, and you heal in very massive ways. Mm-hmm. And that is probably why. And and there's other things that happen that might seem miraculous that I'm not going to talk about. And those are some of the reasons why, like like people are are um, obsessed with Kundalini energy, and also because like Kriya, it's it's usually secret and. And it's it's very rare to find someone that actually has a legit kundalini rising. And it's very rare still for them to share with you what actually happens. And um, we try not to simply because now you're in your head and now you have some sort of um, desire or, you know, and that's going to get in the way of whatever process was meant for you to go through.
0: Right. Yeah. It sounds like a rebirth. Exactly. It's
1: actually literally rebirth because your old self literally dies. Right. Your old self and all the stories that you told yourself about you literally die. Mm. And and you're you're like reborn, and and might not know who you are until it reveals itself. And it's also a process; it's not a one-time thing. Yeah. It's a process. And um, actually, in a few days, <laughs> um, I have an Instagram um, event about explaining what is kundalini oh.
2: and
1: inviting people to to uh, share if they have any questions about it. Because kriya was created originally to help people with kundalini risings deal with it and be okay
0: okay that's perfect that's amazing so i'm curious then can you can you stimulate or get your kundalini flowing without having that complete awakening experience like when someone goes to a kundalini yoga class at the yoga studio down the street like i assume people aren't all having having awakenings every day
1: Okay, so this is part of the urban legend. Part of the urban legend of Kundalini is if you feel something in your spine, it's automatically Kundalini. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's not because, like for example, before the president drives up your street, it's a, he sends a secret service first to check out the street.
2: <laughs> right first
1: the cops are going to come and re- recommend to the secret service this street is good. And then the Secret Service is gonna come. Um, and so we have we have um precursors to kundalini that that feel you will feel a sensation in your spine. Or in some way, some of these precursors will move your body. It's like now your body starts to move. Some people flop around like fishes, or 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 you feel like you're having an orgasm because the energy is moving in your in your pelvis. Um sometimes it's not kundalini yet okay. i mean the good news is that you're you're getting there because now now the now the cops are driving up the street now to see you know so it's it's like yeah it's a sign it's a sign that the difference between these things and we call them in in kriya yoga we call this maha prana um the difference between kundalini and these things is when you have a kundalini event usually it's not a few seconds it it takes sometimes days hmm. or even months to complete itself. If if you've got no guidance, it's gonna take a while.
2: Okay.
1: So it's not like I went to Kundalini class, I did kapalabati, I felt this wave up my spine, oh it's kundalini, not yet. Okay. Because and the reason why it's not kundalini is you go back home mm-hmm. and you are exactly who you were after before You went to class Mm -hmm. nothing changed my mind is the same my fears are the same the way i react to situations are the same i might be a little calmer i might i might have more positivity but i i don't feel a change in my karma and the thing with kundalini is when when kundalini flows through you you cannot go back to the old you it doesn't exist anymore it's been burned out of you it doesn't exist hmm and 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 that's why it's a little sometimes some people you know there's all these scary urban legends about kundalini being dangerous and rough it's dangerous and rough if you have no guidance because you don't know what's going on and now you're afraid and fear blocks your energy channels faster than anything else yeah and so yeah it can be a little rough if you don't have guidance
0: okay that makes sense and that's really interesting what you just said about fear too and My history with Kundalini is really kind of ironic to me now because I would go to a Kundalini class when I lived in Vancouver. The first time I ever went was probably 10 years ago. And I went to a class Uh and I didn't know what I was in for again. And at that time, I was a really different version of myself. And it's it genuinely scared me like what I was witnessing and what I was seeing. And my ego was really strong. And I was like, you guys are freaks. I don't like this. You, this is a weirdos, a weirdo thing. Like I, I like walked yeah. out and was like, I'm not doing this. I don't like this. And For like, sure. I did that a few times. And then I got to a point in my life where I really wanted to get out of my comfort zone. And I seek that out. And I actually love those experiences so much more than anything else. But it's so interesting to think back on the fact that instantly that fear came up so strongly that I had to leave more than once. And the, the transition into like actually seeking out like, the weirdest, like, you know, air quotes, in air quotes, the weirdest experiences, because that's what started to really resonate the deepest with me.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting you talk about weird experiences and the comfort zone. It's because, like, again, we have a box of programming. And anything that's acceptable will be in the boundaries of that box. Mm -hmm. But what is in the box with you are all your limiting beliefs as well. And if you are staying in your comfort zone of what is acceptable, and if you're staying in your comfort zone that's just like this, of how you think things should be, you will never be able to escape your limiting beliefs. You need to step out of your comfort zone to know that that box doesn't actually exist.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 it takes something weird to, to snap you out of it. It takes something that your ego will find challenging to, to snap you out of this box. And 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 like ice bats. We talk about ice bats. Now it's acceptable.
0: Yeah.
1: But the first time you got into that vat that of ice, it was so out of your comfort zone.
2: Yeah.
1: And and there are other things too that, that, you know, you can suggest to people to take them out of their comfort zone because that is the golden zone when you can say, I am not in my programming now, and I can take one really good look at myself and check and see what I want to retain and what I want to remove.
0: Yeah, and you need something to shatter that, right? Like, yeah, like you're saying. Absolutely. You need something Absolutely. to give you a new perspective, even just for a moment. What would you suggest? Like, I feel like the ego is such an obstacle to people exploring. I wish that I had been able to push through that 10 years ago, but I have, I, maybe I just wasn't ready. Is there anything that people can do to get past that?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, the first thing we need to do is just take it easy on ourselves and keep trying. Mm-hmm. So the first time you do it, like I remember when I was I was meditating with my Buddhist teacher once and I felt my ego dissolving. We had a really powerful meditation. My ego is dissolving. It scared the living daylights out of me. It's like, you know, X, X-Men Endgame when... When Thanos snaps his fingers and people started, imagine how that would feel. That that really, that really, like I was like so scared. Mm-hmm. But then my Buddhist teacher said, no, just keep trying, just keep trying, just keep trying. It's okay, it's okay. Because I was trying, crying. I felt like a failure. I'm like, I failed, and and she's like, there is no failure, but you gotta keep trying. Mm-hmm. So the first time, let's say you. First time you come to Korea class, you it'll be like, yeah, you guys are weirdos, <laughs> right? They're going, ah, that's pretty weird. <laughs> and and the thing is, like, and your ego will be challenged. You might have to leave. That's okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It means nothing. It just means you left. You can come back anytime you like. And then you just keep on, you keep on trying. You keep on, you keep on uh, practicing being out of your comfort zone. Even for two seconds, two seconds is plenty. Maybe you go longer later and longer and longer, just like being in a vat of ice. First, you're in two seconds, you put your hands in, then you're after a while, your whole body are submerged. And, but this is a process and we need to allow ourselves to have a process. Um, a lot of times people expect wellness to be like a pill. Mm-hmm. Like I have just, I'm just gonna pay for this once. I'm just going to do this once and everything will be sorted. That never happens. It's a process. Things will be sorted now. Other things will be sorted later. And and we need to allow ourselves to have this process and not expect that things will work out the first time around.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a really valuable perspective because it is, I think I've had clients, you know, when, when, when this is all brand new to you, even not, not Korea, but I've had clients go to a breathwork ceremony or something that's just brand new and it it does scare you a bit. And then you do kind of have a, a shameful feeling underneath that. If you do, I think we kind of judge people because judging them makes us feel more secure and then we feel bad about that and it just becomes this kind of low vibration Cyclone that we get stuck in. So I think what you're saying is really valuable because it's not about that. It's just about will you go back and will you try again and will you try and make what's not normal feel a little more normal. Yeah,
2: it's
1: it's about never giving up on yourself, mm-hmm. and and it's also about unconditional love because unconditional love for yourself is like, yeah, okay, you didn't get it this time, but I love you anyway, and I'm I'm glad you tried it.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's see what
1: happens next time.
0: Yeah. The curiosity. I like that. Yeah. That perspective of let's see see what it feels like today. Maybe it'll feel different than it did yesterday. The curiosity is what will keep you moving forward.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Amazing. I have one more question for you about Kriya. It's kind of through the teacher training, I realized that we're talking about and often without like directly talking about, or working with the different chakras through, the 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 practice, right? So is, is Himalayan Kriya Yoga something that people, would seek out in order to balance their chakras and to you know do do work on the chakra system? Is that something that happens kind of automatically as a symptom of Himalayan Kriya Yoga, or would you have to do? Yeah, that? in, in the first. Uh first the levels
1: of himalayan kriya yoga it's really about clearing the chakras directly Mm -hmm. so in himalayan kriya yoga we clear the chakras directly so we focus on the chakras like there's different parts of the body like that you can focus on put your awareness there specifically Mm -hmm. feel the area specifically we have tools to go into the subconscious in the area specifically and to be able to clear out the blockages so yes it's very precise it's like kriya yoga is a scalpel that helps to remove the blockages from the chakras in a very detailed way so it's not it's not a consequence it's not by accident it's actually intended
0: mhm okay and the chakras how do you describe a, what that means to someone yeah. who's not familiar with that word Or usually usually we've heard the word, but we're like, "Mm, yeah, I don't know what that means, but sure.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's look at it from a point of view of cultural differences in relating to the body. So our, our Western modern mindset and the way we've been educated is to see the muscles, the bones, the nervous system, the chemicals that we produce and all this. The ancients we're looking at the body different maybe they're seeing the same body but the interpretation was different mm-hmm. and and so for example and i'll I'll show you the correlation um so the chakras are like energy centers mm-hmm. okay and they are inside an energy channel that's called Shashumna in the center of you now if i didn't have an MRI and if I didn't really dissect people to look for the nerves. If I just sat there and I could feel myself fully because there was no TV and we all ate clean because you know, junk food wasn't invented yet. And so I'm sitting in my jungle like this and I start to do some breath work. Maybe I'm doing a couple of body. Eventually I'm gonna feel this tube in the center of me. Mm Because I was able to align my brain and nervous system, I could feel my spinal cord. Mm. Of course, I didn't know it was a spinal cord. So I called it Shushumna. And there are different parts of my spinal cord where the, the nerves come out to different parts of my body. And there's a correlation between that part of your spine and that part of the body. But of course I didn't know that, right? So how do I explain that different parts of my body are connected to this tube that I can, I saw it, I felt it. And in fact, I can see what color these different parts of my body are. Mm -hmm. Because my brain is correlating in that way to what I'm seeing inside of me. And so I call them chakras. Mm -hmm. So, My inner senses can see energy. I can see the auric field around people. That's the electromagnetic frequency that that person's giving off. And because of the state of their chakras and the way they hold different energies in them, that that's going to change. The colors will change. Not everyone can see that because we're not in an environment that sustains that kind of development in a person Mm. and so it's very easy for someone that didn't grow up in that kind of environment go back to the city environment where we see muscles we see bones we see and that's the reality and if you tell them no actually this is this part of you is actually blue inside you (laughs) right then they'll be like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. right so it's, it's two different cultural perspectives yeah both of them are correct Yes, we have nerves and muscles and bones, and yes, we actually do have an electromagnetic frequency and some people can see it. We call them clairvoyant.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Um, And the thing is that the chakras are there, whether you believe in them or not, you don't have to believe in them for them to be there. You can in fact, just reject that reality altogether Mm -hmm. and come to a Kriya class. And then you might feel something spinning here or here or here. And I'm not even going to tell you what that is because I didn't tell you that would happen. And you come to me after class and, and you'll be like, yeah, yeah, I felt this spinning here. And then I saw this eye and it was like like blue and gold. And I'll be up, yeah, that's your third eye. Right? Whether you believe in it or not, it's there. Yeah, It's like you're looking at the planet. And you say, yeah, the, the, this plant, it's green. If you didn't know what the plant was, you would still see it. It's green. There's this green thing behind me. And someone will go, yeah, that's, that's a plant.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it described that way. And that's that's a really powerful description of it because yeah, both are true. It's It's not one or the other. They're not competing ideas. It's like both are true. And I, I really they don't
1: have to compete.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I took that away from our training, like really thinking about the physical body and the energy body, which to me is so fascinating, because I came from a personal training background before I was doing coaching. So it was everything was fitness, everything was about the muscles and the body. And we spend so much time and energy and money on the physical body in this in the, in our society we think that's what's going to hold the answers is losing the weight or getting stronger or being muscly or whatever and we spend no time and energy and money on our energy body which actually is what holds like the such healing and such growth for us
1: i think the world is ready for that now um after the last few years mm-hmm where where we had all this alone time, enforced alone time, mm-hmm. and and we had to really double check on reality to see, like we had to double check reality to check and see what's actually real and what's not. So I think people are ripe to know about the chakras, and to feel them in an experiential way, and to use this tool to help you feel better.
0: Yeah, the way you just described that made me think about the fact that covid shattered our our understanding of reality kind of in the same way as we're we're kind of trying to shatter our understanding of reality through these modalities right like it yes took us out of everyday normal what we believed could never be taken away and and shattered that to the point where a lot of people were like what is life like what's going on who am i
1: exactly and that's why the world is ready because we had that timeout. we had that we had that shattering moment as a as a species. The whole human race had a shattering moment together. And remember about community and and the energy generated by people who are in the same situation together, all flowing and uh, you know moving in the same direction together. And the uh, impact of that we're we're still feeling now that the impact we as a human species had an awakening moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you relate that to like three d versus five d is that are those words that you use to understand this like collective awakening that's going on?
1: I use those words to help people ex uh, understand. I don't buy into them because i I believe that there there is only one unified field of reality okay. there there is no separate it's just a matter of how do you choose. To make sense of it, how do you choose to witness it? There's only one field of mm-hmm. unified reality, um, and the heart connects every human being. And if you are able to tap into the love in your heart, you're gonna love someone, whether they're three D or five D. You know, because they're both people, and they both their the love is their birthright. So, so, but. But also if someone is not ready to see things the way you do, then you also have to respect that decision. Mm-hmm. And that goes both ways for the quote unquote, 3D people and the quote unquote, 5D people. If people don't see things your way, just respect their way and say, okay, we agree to disagree. We can still love each other, but agree to disagree.
0: Yeah. How do you define yeah. 3D versus 5D? How do you use?
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah 3, 3D, um, they have clung to their programming because they really, really believe that this is the right thing to do and the way, the way out of whatever they're in. Because do the right thing is of utmost importance. And if in their mind, they feel that this way of looking at the world this way of behaving is is the right thing, they're gonna cling to that if, if they're drowning and clinging to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And that's just how things are. That's how you chose to be this time around. Whereas a 5D person, they can feel themselves drowning. And even if it's hard, Even if it's hard to let the way you think think things are, they do it anyway and say, I I see, I see the ship sinking and I choose to swim Mm. instead of holding on to the railing and going down with it. And even though it's like a really scary thing to do, to let go of everything you've known, sometimes it's the only way. And so a 5D person has made that decision the real ones
0: (laughs) so is there a connection there between 5d and the kundalini awakening like that rebirth is that what that is
1: i think if you are willing to let go of your limiting beliefs and programming it's going to be very easy for you and accessible to have a kundalini event it is it is very rarely accessible for someone who can't let go of their programming to have a kundalini event and if they do it's very very rough.
0: Mm. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the only natural question there is like, is there something between three D and five D? Where's what is what is four D?
1: Everyone else <laughs> who's making the journey, they just let go of the railing, but they haven't made it to the top of the water yet. They're still they're still finding their way.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. so from that perspective are we all all, we're all all of that in certain moments like is yes mm -hmm. okay
1: yes we are sometimes there even if you 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 know even people that claim to be awakened have moments where they're they're still they're still holding on to their drama Mm -hmm. because it's been a while and they don't even remember they're holding until life shows it to them in a massive way and shatters them all over again. So you can have multiple shattering
0: events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Thank you for that. Oh, thank you for all of this. This has been, I feel like I'm back in (laughs) Bali. You're sitting there in your jungle. (laughs) Um this has been so so great to to hear this all from you and I love your metaphors like you just have such a powerful way of describing these things and making them so easy to understand and I really love that about you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure um to to be able to have a opportunity to share.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. It's been so great to discuss all of this and yeah, like I said it's just it's making me so excited to able to continue to share this and and spread this and what an honor it is to be a part of this and to to have that opportunity so i'm so grateful to you um where can people find you samton because you said you're doing this um instagram event and you you have so much valuable content so how can people connect with you
1: so you can go on my uh follow me on instagram on samten kriya uh that's s-a-m like Sam, the boy's name, and number ten, T E N, and then Kriya, K R I Y, and double A. So at something Korea on Instagram, um, and I do like free Korea um, on IGTV every now and then. Um, you can also find me. I'm I'm doing a new website now. It's called Something Korea Yoga, and if you just Google something Korea, eventually it's gonna come up. And I'm also gonna have some material on there and little bit information on the courses that I do uh the workshops and retreats but at the this point in time the best way to find out more about how you can access Kriya Yoga um is to through Instagram
0: okay I'll put those in the call on the show notes underneath the episode notes so that people can thank you be linked to you to make it easy to find you and all the goodness that you offer so Is there anything else? Yeah, or you
1: can always come to Bali.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I recommend that. I actually had a friend that was just there and I'm like, you have to go to Sampton's class. Here's the, (laughs) I don't know if she made it or not. I'll have to follow up, but in person is definitely the number one way to to get to know you and to experience that from you firsthand. Highly recommend. And you're in Ubud, right? Amazing. Hmm? In In Ubud, yeah. Ubud. Amazing. Is there anything else about Korea that you want to share? Or did we did we cover m- most things?
1: Yeah. If if uh, if you're in India and you want to connect with my guru, his name is Dr. Pradeep Ullal, and he has uh, he has an ashram in Karnataka. It's like three hours from Mysore, um, and it's called Kevala Foundation, and they also have a website. And so, if you want to connect with Guruji Pradeep and maybe visit the the ashram in Karnataka, uh, feel free to check him out.
0: Beautiful. I want to do that. Okay, Samton, well, thank you so much for your time and your energy. And like I said, I'm just so grateful to have had the opportunity to be initiated into this lineage and this beautiful knowledge and this, this opportunity to participate in this healing, both personally and collectively. So I'm so grateful for you and... Thank you for coming on to SHARE. You're most welcome.